Welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. This is episode 43. I am your host, Cody Beekman, and I, uh, with me, as always, is Daniel Beatty. What's up, everybody? Bryce McMillan. How's it going? And Ross Moormeyer. Hey, what's up, guys? Today we got a lot to talk about. We got the World Junior Championships, a bunch of stuff that's happening in the NHL. Some crazy movement from a Boston Brew, a longtime Boston Bruin. Some outdoor games to actually talk about. So let's get into it with Hockey Day in history. Bryce, you want to kick us off with Hockey Day? Of course, of course. So I get a little hometown uh, avalanche here from the past. Uh, Ruins, Ray Bork at the time, collected his 300th career NHL point in a 5-4 overtime win against Los Angeles on January 7th, 1985. Well, there we go. Um, another longtime Bruin, and we'll be talking about one here soon. So, Daniel, you want to go next? Sure can, man. Uh, I got a good one. It's also a Bruin-related one, so... This one's taking us back to 1979 on January 9th. And that's the day Bobby Orr's number was officially retired by the Bruins in a pregame ceremony at the Garden. So Boom. just thought I'd throw that one out. Clearly, Bobby Orr, number four. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, Ross, what do you have for hockey day in history there? Well, I've got uh, this day today, which is January 8th, is which I'm, what I'm going off of. In the year of 1975, uh, Chicago's Stan Mikita had a goal and two and assists to become just the fifth player in NHL history at that time to score 1,200 career points in a 75 Blackhawks victory versus the Penguins. Interesting. I'm going to go a little Chicago Blackhawks related as well. On January 9th, 1997, Joel Quinville recorded his first win as an NHL head coach in St. In St. Louis, 4-3 to three win over the Sharks at San Jose. Right on. Also, next Avalanche coach there, too, as well. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Quinville's Not the run. best years. Yeah, definitely wasn't his best no. years as coach, but I mean, no. hey, I mean, we did have the uh, the Joel, if you will. So today, let's talk a little bit about the World Junior Championships. Obviously, it's going on right now. The NHL uh, still hasn't started yet. We we do have a start date, obviously, as we talked about in the last episode. But let's talk about the World Junior Championships first of all. Let's talk about favorites, boys. Who's your favorites to win and why? Let's go with Daniel already. He's already got that shit-eating grin on his face. Yeah, yeah, that maple leaf smile from you, right? Um, so I like the le- – uh, sorry, the Canada. Um, we're going to go all the way. We're going to get gold again. It's going to be awesome. I just I, – I love this tournament. We'll talk about our feelings about it later. But quick prediction, I love Canada. Why? Um they they just are so built top to bottom. They've got they've been they've been showing like they they've been putting their foot on the gas and they played a, a great game in their last uh, part of the round robin. I I look at that game to see character and how they're kind of going to finish, even though they know they're secured a spot and they finished real strong and um, real real hopeful that by the time you guys hear this, uh, I was correct. <laughs> you have to agree because i mean you lose kirby doc what in the second game of the prelims mm-hmm. and yet you're still you're still just fl- uh flying just basically perfectly you know i um i mean that's a pretty uh that's a pretty solid prediction in, in the long run i mean in almost any time you want to go into a wjc or an international tournament you can always put your faith in canada really mixing up the pot anyways yeah yeah hey, the last point on that is because of that being the case there's there's a big um spotlight on these guys when it gets not only in canada uh, but also you know the expectation and uh, it's really 
impressive to see how these young guys go about handling that. And I think they're also doing a great job of it. So my hat's That's off to them. Oh, sorry. And no, that, it's, well, it's more general, but I can, I'll let you go, man. Go for it. Oh, well, just like, uh, I feel like, you know, how, how these uh, tournaments are on TV and stuff and, and how these uh, commentators and analysts look at them. Like, we do have to realize that some of these guys are really only like 16, 17 years old that are playing in this. And, and it's huge to see these young kids step up like and play like they're, you know, they've been playing in, in the NHL for the last 10 years, you know, like 30, 40 year old guys. Uh, they, they really do uh, they take it all in stride I think and I, it's it's huge to look at uh, like the a young kid's character and say that the maturity really is there alright yeah. uh, Bryce what do you got uh, who, do you, who do you have uh, winning this whole thing um, well, just kind of go off, you know, a little bit of what you were saying a little bit earlier, you know, it, it is interesting to see these guys being so young. Some of them are already being drafted to the NHL. Other half of them are, you know, still going to be playing college hockey. So it's kind of an interesting little group of people you have here, especially if you're looking at Canada and the U S side of things. Um, but in terms yeah. of, you know, what I want to talk about if, as my pick, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the U S I'm just going to go for it just because, you know, I look at, um, what, you know, Trevor Zegers has done, you know, last few games, he's leading the tournament in goals. And besides, you know, Canada losing their captain, it's just behind Dylan Cousins. So I can definitely see it coming between these two playmakers, Canada, USA. At the end of the day, I'm just going to go for, you know, the country I live in, where I'm from, and I'm going to for my guys. Um, and I'm going to say USA. America. All right, Ross, what do you think, man? <laughs> oh, hi. I would love to be a homer, but I'm kind of a realist, as your dad always says, they're beaksy. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Canada's come out by. strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Canada's just come out real strong in this tournament, um, even though they've lost their 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 cap. And, uh, you know, he just they've just been coming out and just line after line, getting pucks in deep and getting them in the net. Um, U.S. has been doing it proficiently as well it's just i think that canada is just from top to bottom just a little bit more solid of it for sure so i'm gonna go with canada well especially when you look at how the u.s came out against germany and they they lost that game and then you look at how canada handled germany and just literally beat the crap yeah. out of them was 14 to 2 so i can definitely uh, see that your argument 16 there, to 2 honestly in my eyes right now uh you know, Russia's actually looking pretty good. Um, you know, I want to go and say Team Sweden, but those last two games that they play in the, played in the prelims did not look very good. I mean, a, a 4-0 loss to, uh, to, to the U.S. and then that uh, overtime loss to Russia. Uh, you know, I just um, – they were looking good, but I, I just don't see it now. So uh, it really – in my eyes, it's either Russia or Canada's to lose. Um, I mean, Russia's Russia plays such a good, uh, uh, just like a puck possession game the entire time. If they don't have it, doesn't matter. They still have such a solid defense. And then Askarov in, in net has been playing pretty solid. normally be talking about or or anything like that let me start uh let's start with daniel again um well i'm gonna go more on your like literal question and say just the fact that these guys are doing a great job handling the whole covid situation because uh that's kind of one of those things that's never been seen before and how are they how are they doing and i gotta say like it started off a little bumpy in this year's tournament with um, Canada only being able to have one exhibition game, for example, because of just other parts of their team being under quarantine or being, you know, 
how they were. So um, less time together is never a good thing when these tournaments take place, when you're playing against other teams that might be playing together and have more chemistry and then fly over or just something. And that's, that's one disadvantage into this tournament for, you know, Canada, but it's also not an excuse because in some fashion, you know, they have to take responsibility for, for that. Um, but I just think that the, the families are probably wondering how their kids are doing. Uh, this is a young group of guys and they're flying into Canada and they're hoping for the best for these guys. And, you know, I got to say that they're doing a pretty good job in my opinion. Um, it's good to see that like when the playoff bubble started for the NHL playoffs, um, we were all kind of like keeping our fingers crossed cause we wanted it to go well. Um, and didn't want to like yeah. have to think about the right thing versus what we wanted, you know, the heart versus the brain, like maybe this shouldn't have happened. So it's, it's really good. Yeah. That, um, I, I, I think that it's going so well and also um, that the players are doing a good job with it. So I just want to, I want to say I'm impressed on that level. Well, and just to comment to that effect as well. I mean, team Germany came in here with only 14 players on their roster because of the COVID, you know, and I mean, yep. uh, well, and Great so, point. and I think we noticed that with that first game against Canada, I mean, the 16 to two game, I mean, I feel like that definitely had some effect on it. I mean, otherwise, yeah. um, I think you, if you come in with an actual full team, Germany, that 16-2 to game doesn't happen. And I think that's a definitely a direct result of said COVID problems. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, I agree. Uh, Br- yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bryce, who do you, who's, who's really stood out to you so far or, or an aspect that has stood out to you as uh, Daniel kind of noted. I have several, you know, you no, know, one thing is, you know, just this new NHL season starting pretty damn soon. Um, it's just amazing to see how physical the game is right now. Um, these guys are really throwing their bodies around. They're really showing off to the NHL teams that they're on, you know, what they're capable of in terms of, you know, sticking their body around in terms of also their, their playing time. A lot of these guys are playing sometimes 15, 20 minutes, almost half an hour, which is almost half the game. So a lot of these guys are coming into an NHL-like system where you're going to be playing maybe not as much minutes, but you can prove that you can definitely hang in terms of your your tenacity and your and your uh, your ability to stay fit throughout the offseason too. So the guys are looking pretty good to me in terms of you know their physicality and how they're playing in terms of lots of playing minutes. Um, but I think Tim Stutzel has really popped out to me as a player, though. Um, Otto is definitely – they better be yeah. happy with what they picked. I mean, the guy is really who I'm talking about right now. The, the physicality, the goals, the play minutes he's doing, he's definitely shown why he's an NHL player, and he's going to do very well. He's going to hop right into the system, I think, in Ottawa pretty well. So that's what I have. Yep. <laughs> Great points, Bryce. Russ, uh, what's your thoughts here? Well, I agree with uh, Bryce right there with uh, Ottawa's pick. They're getting a stand-up guy in, uh, in what they've got with him. And um, just to kind of bring the organization around, which that's – you're going to have to take a really, really big U-turn for that. Uh, but it's, I guess, a step in the right way. Um, me being a Ducks fan, watching Zegas um, just come up because I think he, he's one of the prospects that we picked up. Just watching him play his game and just doing as well as he is for USA is just great. Um, and I mean, then you've got all of the guys from Canada and all the rest of the guys from the Team USA. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched very much of it, but what I have watched, it's been they're very good games. So. All right, so the biggest standout for me, honestly, it's got to be Sebastian Ranischitz uh, of Austria. I mean, yeah, obviously they've been blown out every single game, uh, but I mean, this kid really does play a great game of goal uh, goaltender. Uh, he's, a, I mean, he uh, he could have like you know just been uh, said screw this, I'm getting shelled every single game, but. He comes into the he comes into every single game and plays his heart out, you know. Honestly, if he could if if he had like a really strong team behind him, uh, I mean, I think this kid could really go somewhere. But uh, I mean, 
and once again, you got to look at this like, you know, Austria is a very, 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 very young team. Like you see most of these kids wearing cages. They can't even wear, uh, you know, regular shields and stuff. So, I mean, you got 16-year-old kids playing up against kids that are going into the NHL. Of course, it's going to be uh, pretty hard to get anywhere in a game against, you know, a, a Team Canada or a Team USA. But I just got to say, Sebastian Ranish has been – he's been putting his best foot forward and a huge, you know – like a, he's going to be a huge, uh, a huge guy for Austria coming down, uh, coming down the pipeline. So I think he's really stood out to me and Marco Rossi of Austria. So uh, you know, uh, Marco Rossi's been a great captain, and he uh, he hasn't once shown uh, any bit of you know, well this sucks. Uh, why did I do this? And he's had nothing to, uh, nothing but good things to say about his team rather than, you know, dogging them. So that's what I've got. Those are some awesome insights, Cody. Rossi's character. I mean, that's his first uh, go in the Olympics. I mean, yeah, they didn't – they made lane in this uh, in this tournament, you know, because, you know, uh, last year they were so close to – uh, they're so close to being relegated, and you know they've uh, they've been given this chance to play in the play in the tournament. And I think um, uh, Rossi and Renishit's um, you know uh, demeanor and just uh, staying staying in this tournament has really shown that they've got a lot of heart. And I think and that's that's something that uh, maybe gets kind of missed sometimes in these uh, in these tournaments with uh, the teams that do kind of you know come in and get throttled is like uh you know a lot of people who are just watching from the outside are like man these kids are probably aren't even having any fun why why in the hell would you still be in the tournament i think it's really just uh, a huge honor just to be playing in the junior championships for your country yeah, Cody, you know, it, it is. I mean, think about how, you know, these players just want to represent their country. It brings it back to a couple of years ago when the Winter Olympics were around and they and Alex Ovechkin really wanted to play for his country, but they wouldn't let him play for Russia just because the NHL playoffs and the I think that maybe perhaps the all-star break was so close together. But it's kind of interesting how these young kids get to play represent represent their country during a pandemic and kind of going through all these things at once. So it kind of reminds me of that Obeshkin story a couple years ago. No, yeah. And I mean, that's where, that's where most of these kids, uh, you know, started playing hockey, you know, for their countries in tournaments like this. So, I mean, in, in the long run, it's, uh, you know, every uh, we know hockey players are very prideful people. And, I mean, uh, why should it be any different for being proud about the country that you came from and being able to pull on that sweater and play play for your country? It's a huge uh, – it's a huge honor. And I think it's uh, – uh, I think it's great that these kids are still playing uh, whilst we're still playing now that the preliminary round is gone. And I think it's uh, I think it's great to see them like still, uh, you know, going out in, into every game and playing hard as hard as they possibly can and no quit. So uh, that's I think that's that's definitely got to be the biggest storyline for me in these WJCs. I mean, yeah, we can talk about it and laugh about how Austria got completely throttled but i think i think those kids made a really big step and uh took a lot of courage to keep coming out and playing these games yeah i agree cody and there's a lot of shift by shift there's a lot of uh tape on these players and they want to make sure that they're you know doing a good job and um the other thing that I think is there's a lot of things that I think are really exciting about this tournament. I mean, if you look at this as a junior version of the Olympics, um, there's a big difference too. like you can be on the Olympic team at the junior level to represent your country in this tournament. You can't be, I think, over 19 and you can only have a certain amount of 19 year olds on your team. And so like you have to be very good at a specific age instead of being able to 
mature later into your career and make uh, a Team Canada roster in some world championships or Olympics, like when age is less of a factor. So these teams are only going to be assembled once. Um, and it's really right. fun to see that, how they play. And another point about uh, that I want to bring up is based off of what Ross was saying about how he was excited to see his Ducks prospect play. You know, a lot of these guys are drafted before they get to play in this tournament. And so this is probably the biggest tournament that they are a part of since being drafted or trying to make and earn a spot on drafting. It is in a lot of ways like either validation or a tryout for what just happened or next year. And then the other thing that's really interesting is based off of Ross's point about watching his um, Ducks prospect player play is like this tournament is the biggest one of the year for prospects, in my opinion. And you either have people that were just drafted and you're seeing how they now stack up best of the best yep. uh, in one tournament, yep. or it's a tryout for the guys that are draft eligible next year. And so it's either super exciting to see like, oh, uh, like I remember when the Canucks were really good and we drafted Cody Hodgson and then he put up like the most points in the tournament that year. And I was like, hell yes, this is like so awesome because, you know, your team is not getting a good draft pick, but just had a like a player perform better than players that were drafted above them. It like gives you faith in the player, your organization. There's just a lot of cool feelings that come from it from like the NHL fan perspective, aside from like the Mm -hmm. country perspective. So that's another reason why I love this tournament is you're kind of seeing how they do and uh, yeah, or, or who your team should have an eye on come next year's draft. Exactly. And I, I like that idea behind it too, Dano. And I've always thought about thought of it that way, that it's been always you're scouting for players coming up in these world junior championships, or you're just, yeah, making sure that you have, yeah, if you're seeing the guys that you have, have contracts, you've drafted, what have you, and you're just seeing how they play on the, on the big stage. And it's always nice as you're saying, like, when you got your guy that they just, he just bested and ousted everybody in that whole entire tourney. So, I mean, it's just great on many, many facets of the whole entire game and the whole entire system and the way it works in hockey. And I mean, going back to the, uh, the fan uh, perspective here, uh, you know, in some places, you know, you don't really get to see these guys play anywhere else unless you're, you're living in the city uh, of where they normally play in like the juniors or something like that. Or if you live in Canada where, you know, hockey's on 24 seven, even if it's juniors and stuff. So this, this is a great, uh, yeah, this is a great time for, you know, fans of, uh, you know, pro teams to check out these prospects and uh, not when you not don't normally get to see them play as much. So, yeah, I mean, uh, for uh, for transparency's sake, I mean it's huge for everybody. I mean it's like you said, it's huge for the player to get uh, to maybe get more eyes on you, but that than you did before, especially if uh, if you're coming in not drafted yet. So that's huge for the uh, player. It's huge for it's huge for you know fans to see what kind of uh, prospects your team is looking at and. And it's huge. Uh, well, it's just huge for the the countries that come in and watch uh, and watch the hockey. You know, it's it's really. Uh, I mean, the WJC tournament is always going to be really, uh, really poignant in my mind. Uh, of course, it's gonna. It's always going to be like, well, yeah, obviously, I'm going to be watching it because I'm a hockey fan. But it is. It, it's more. It's bigger than that in so many other ways too. Well, and also to tag on to what you're saying, too, when you're scouting all these players and seeing who you guys got to, what better to do like a one-stop shop instead of traveling to each college or, you know, uh, you know, the, the juniors uh, teams and stuff like that. You can just go and it's a one-stop shop and you can watch all these, these up-and-coming kids and stuff, so. 
And on top of that, you know, it's the world juniors. What it's the closest thing you can be playing to professional hockey as a rookie before you actually go into the pros January 13th. Yeah. That's a really unique thing about this year is, uh, sometimes I whine about how, um, when Canada doesn't finish well, it's like, well, you guys got to remember our best players that are eligible technically for this tournament aren't in it because they're so good. They're already playing in the NHL right now. So if it was truly the best players of every country, uh, that were eligible, you'd see Canada do better than they just did. And that's just a really like, that's an excuse for sure, but it's kind of validated, but not this year. Like it was pretty rare that you'd see a NHL club be like, uh, yeah, it's fine. I don't actually want to give him away. Yeah. So it's, it's normally been an excuse, but, um, now it's, it's more just, a. it's, it's like different this year because right. I mean, I don't know if any clubs were like, no, we're not going to loan our players when usually that's a talking point every year. There might've been one or yeah. two, but for the most part, I don't think anyone held back. Ironically, I think the ones that were most hesitant were the Hawks with doc and doc got injured. So damn, you know, and that's the thing. That with is doc, true. No, he really didn't have to play this tournament, obviously, because he was going to be, uh, he was, most likely going to make the uh, lineup for the Blackhawks right off the way, right off their way, and never have to start somewhere else. And uh, so, yeah, and of of course, he's the one that gets hurt so badly that he'll be out for at least four to five months. And in that sense, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. But I mean, it, it was ultimately, yeah, it's his it's his choice to go and play. And now, now that it, uh, oh, now that our uh, the NHL season is going to be starting here soon, a lot of these kids might even you know come in and just straight up make a lineup because they're ready to go. They're they're in, you know they they've had this tournament and uh, they're already in playing shape and all that. So it might actually you know might shake up some NHL uh, lineups this year because yeah. of the how it's starting oh yeah i mean i agree i mean you you guys know because we saw it with kale mccarr when he first came in to the league he had already just went and played in the frozen four and yeah he plays his first playoff game just immediately after that because he was just ready and already in that mindset and that atmosphere and that just already physically fit for that as well so it's going to be interesting well, that's the way I see it, and uh, uh, a lot of um, a lot of good always comes from the WJCs. Uh, does anybody else have anything they want to bring up about it before we uh, talk to uh, NHL? No, I think I'm pretty good. Moment. So let's get into some NHL talk. There's been some interesting things going uh, around in the league, and let's start out with. Uh, so the league is going to have two outdoor games in February, which uh, I, at least to me, comes as a major surprise. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, the we're going to have two outdoor games in Lake Tahoe, and that's pretty interesting uh, by itself. But we've got the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights going outside, and the Boston Bruins and the Philadelphia Flyers. Thoughts? Yeah, I've got some. I mean, go ahead, Bryce, please. No, go for it. Um, well, I'm I'm like happy that there's an outdoor game. Um, I think they're cool. I just I can't make sense of this decision. I'm a little surprised by it because I mean, they canceled the outdoor games that were gonna happen. Uh, before this announcement, like the Winter Classics and the Stadium Series games, because right. the one there was supposed to be one in Raleigh, North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do this one, and they're like, "Well, there's not going to be fans allowed at this one." And I was like, "Okay, so then are you doing it for like what are why are you doing it then cuz couldn't you have just kept the one going in carolina and not 
like found a different place. And right. You know, maybe it's it's more like, well, we didn't want our fans in Carolina to miss out. Uh, and it, then they wouldn't get a chance for a long time again. And maybe that's the reason. But I was just like, well, couldn't you have still just done the one in Carolina and like done the same video footage and stuff? So um, I think the thing that's interesting about it is I, I, I look at the new venue and I'm like, this thing has got to be really cool like from above or something because I think it would be super cool if the fans weren't going and um, you wanted to do an outdoor game, like make it look as much on a literal pond as possible. Cause you don't have to worry about attendance, you know? And I thought that could be super awesome. So the fact that it's literally on Lake Tahoe, or I sure hope it is, um, that would be super cool to me because it could Dude. offer some really cool perspectives. Cause I know they were talking about maybe something like Lake Louise being a setting in Banff area of Calgary, Alberta. Yeah. I see like, I see that being amazingly beautiful. I see it not happening for environmental reasons. Um, they don't want a lot of uh, traffic in and out of that area from visiting it myself. It's pretty metered. Um, so maybe that was the reason, but. Um, as I think through, like, why did they do this and stuff? I'm like, well, maybe they didn't want to not let Carolina have it for a long time. And then I was like, well, then maybe they want to have like an outdoor one for the players still. And maybe they want to make it really unique for this opportunity and give it like a really cool background setting. And yeah, I think that's, that's what it is all about. You know, I'm reading an article from Elliot, uh, Friedman. And he said that, you know, this is just based off of no fans being in attendance, but the league plans to use technology such as drone cameras to enhance the video experience. So kind of going off your point there, Daniel, it sounds like they are trying to use all the technology they can, drones, um, above footage. But to continue his quote, he said, like, Tahoe was picked based on its natural wilderness and its scenic location that should make it feel like pond hockey creating a unique atmosphere in a year when no fans are allowed in attendance. It's expected to remain limited or non-existent depending on team's local coronavirus guidelines. So, I mean, it sounds like they're going to be doing the best they can to make this as, you know, as aesthetically pleasing as possible and to kind of just have that good old hockey, good scenic feeling behind it too. I'm stoked for that. Yeah, and I've also heard that these aren't the only teams that are going to do it. I think this is just the first slew of teams that are probably going to do it. And because I've heard somebody use the the term "mystery Alaska series," so maybe it could just be a bunch of like little onesie twosie games that are played out on actual ponds, and these just glorious like play these places with glorious scenery, I guess, and beautiful scenery around them. And just playing some old school pond hockey, but I guess any with a little NHL tweak to it. So, yeah, and it's two outside pond hockey games, and then you look at it now. We should have had a Winter Classic yesterday, so it's almost like they're replacing so two outdoor games right now, which is okay with me. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's got everybody likes the outdoor games and stuff, and I'm I, I am pretty excited that the uh, league has decided to continue with that on. And I mean, yeah, I think if it's got that whole mystery Alaska feel, I mean, I think all, all, all four of us can agree that, you know, we love mystery Alaska as a movie. And I mean, to think that like uh, the NHL is actually going to go and do something like this, it's, it's exciting, but I I do see Daniel's uh, side of it where it's just like, Kind of like, why are they still doing this when we already had some yeah. scheduled? But I mean, it does it does continue on the uh, you know the interest of the sport, and it, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting kind of thing. And I mean, I can't complain because the Avalanche are in one again, so that's that's uh, pretty cool to me. But I mean, um, it's going to be a, a very you know interesting kind of. Uh, to, to see how they directly go about doing it. Just, I mean, with like, what's going to, what are the, what's the ring going to look like? What are the, like, you know, uh, how, how are they really going to do this? 
So it'll be um, it'll be a sight to see, no doubt about it. And I think the NHL was kind of smart about how uh, they brought it back. Uh, but I mean, yeah, for the teams that were scheduled to have uh, an, uh, an outdoor game this year, it kind of sucks for them, you know, because we know uh, we know a uh, couple a, a couple uh, Carolina Hurricanes fans. Uh, shout out to Bramley Atkinson, of course. But uh, yep. I'm sure they were super stoked to uh, to get one, you know, down south. And now, you know, it looks like they. It just seems like they kind of got, uh, you know, like uh, a, a kid with their lollipop taken out of their hands. Right. Well, and I wouldn't doubt that they do it for next season or the season that you can have fans, because as you and I can probably say cody i don't know if daniel or price have been to an outdoor game just besides oh and besides the last one but if you actually go to an outdoor game like there's so much fun the atmosphere just being out there watching the game in person they're just a blast oh yeah no it was kind of cool because i actually got to see the battle on blake street between the du pioneers and the Colorado college tigers just before the avalanche and red wings had um their game with their alumni. So that was pretty awesome to see. Um, and again, on the, your point you just brought up there, uh, uh, Ross, is that, you know, it's because I think this might be maybe a once in a lifetime kind of deal where you can actually play a hockey on a lake without fans. Cause I'm not, I'm not sure if there's going to be a whole lot of opportunity on a big, you know, lake like that the pond hockey, if there are, if there's, you know, that much weight on yeah. a, on a lake, but I think this could be something really cool for, you know, the NHL to do like this one time because of a pandemic and things yeah. might go back to normal after that. But Oh, and, and I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be surprised if like each team got one or two games where they did an outdoor game on a lake here this season. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So be a lot of work for sure. Be but... a lot of work. Uh, well, and I mean, if you keep it, if you but... keep the Lake Tahoe thing kind of open, and then they just have to go through, clean everything, and then they schedule the next two or three games that they'd have there. So, it could be an ongoing thing. I don't know. I, it'd be kind of cool just to see every team be able to play out on a pond finally. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I don't. I can't argue with that. I think it would be really sweet because. The only cynical thing in me left here, guys, because I am kind of being the, the that of the group right now, is like I totally remember the like almost same statement about how the bubble was going to offer a unique opportunity for different camera angles to see the game from a place like never before, and they kind of said that about the NBA bubble as well, like ahead of the playoffs and stuff. Yeah. And guys, I don't know. It's not like as I was watching the NHL NBA playoffs, I was like, wow, these camera angles are amazing and things I've never seen before. So no, I just really hope it's not fluff and they actually do do some really cool stuff with it because I do love the idea that you could have drones giving you some good footage and stuff. It The point there is like, if you're going to go through the literal production of having it on a pond, capture the moment really well. You know. Oh yeah, I agree. They they really take advantage of it. Um, well, and yeah. I think they will be able to because I mean, if there's no fans, there's no reason they can't get into any sightline that they want. You know, uh, which which will be interesting. So, um, hopefully, they do get a little more creative than they did in the bubble. I mean, I think I noticed like two different, uh, two extra camera angles. Uh, when when they were playing in the bubble, I think that's about it. I don't know, maybe maybe more. I was drinking a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but it's not, well, but at any point were you like, wow, oh my no, gosh, yes, no, not at all, not at all. So I mean, yeah. So hopefully they do like actually get creative about this because I mean, yeah, it's cool to be to you know have like. During a during a power play, have like a drone, like literally circling the offensive zone while they're while uh, you know Miko and uh, Mac. Oh, are going, yeah, 
they're Kyle. zipping the puck around and stuff. Uh, I would yeah, love I would that, just, dude. That would be nice. <laughs> oh, yes. They, like, put a, uh, a microchip sticker on each player's helmet and tag a drone to it so it follows that player. And so we oh, just yeah. have, like... Because you can do that with drones nowadays. You yeah. Can... Yeah, you're that just would... like, whoa, this is so awesome. And then they, like, there's a lag, so they hit each other and fall down on the players and Sidney Crosby gets a fall. <laughs> Oh man. Maybe that's the way we can see Joe Pavelski get punched in the face. Yes. yes! There we I, go. I will pay money for that one. I will pay money for that. Or watching Perry make his horrible walk off on last yeah. year's stadium series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after the you know, first did, shift. did I ever t- Yeah, I probably did tell you guys how much that jersey probably last time I saw how much that game worn jersey for at auction. It was like well over like fucking I think it was like six, seven thousand dollars. And there's still like ten hours on it. With one shift. He played one shift. shift. One shift. Somebody's paying like six to seven grand for that damn thing. It's brand new. <laughs> I <love> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even uh, let ask No, but that. to I kinda wanna bring it no, back hell no. a little bit. To to the um you know how they can film this you know you know it was I think Daniel mentioned how they were and Cody mentioned these different camera angles during in the bubble those were all in arenas so I think they have a lot of freedom here they're outside just maybe work with drones or kind of do something like the uh, NFL does where they have those really cool overhead cameras that can kind of follow the players along you know there's they can there's their, their options are pretty much unlimited here uh, I think they can do a lot with it. It would have to be ones that go like the length of the ice, basically, because you have the the scoreboard's a lot lower too. So right, but think of how big a football field is. A football field is much bigger than an ice rink is. I I mean, some some rinks already have the spider cam above them to show you that. in the arena too. So like the football, I I I agree with you that like the potential is there. I just see this statement as one they've already said before, and there was potential behind that one too, and it really wasn't that great. So this is a bigger potential, and I just really hope they actually don't screw it up because the NHL kind of does that stuff. But yeah, you know what I would love to see is the pregame shot of them taking some like tinfoiled rocks out of a wood-burned stove and putting them in the gloves of the players and then they come out of a hut for the pregame warm-up and come down to the best like just cameo in any movie i think i've ever seen in my life you know that's his don cherry impersonation too yeah uh man i like cam neely's though yeah oh cam neely's cameo is pretty good too (laughs) kick his ass see bass (laughs) all right boys let's move on um so uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm sure you have, and um, uh, everybody's been talking about it. Unfortunately, uh, King King Hank, Henrik Lund, Lundqvist, won't be playing. He'll be uh, he's actually going into open heart surgery soon to prepare uh, pr- repair an aortic valve. So we're we get no King Hank. Uh, it's kind of sad, man, because you know I. Uh, no matter who, uh, what fan of, what team you're a fan of, I mean, you gotta like Hank. 
I mean, he's a, he's a charismatic dude, you know, just super likable. And, you know, I was I was definitely pulling for him to, like, at least maybe hopefully win a cup. But it, it might look like his career is done. Yeah, um, I don't know. I was ho- I was hoping he would get a cup and and his career at some point, but this is it's kind of you know a little bit disheartening. A guy who's been such a staple for a team and uh, a, just a, a amazing player in the NHL, just to see him kind of getting taken down and out by this. Um, I mean, he's had a great career, but yeah, you always hope uh, those kind of players get a cup at one point or get a chance to win a cup but yeah no he had his chance you know back uh back in the uh playoffs against la but yeah, oh, yeah that's he, right you know unfortunately he, well you just don't want to see any like any outside influence really like take you out of the game you know yeah what are you gonna say dan well, now I, I'll just, you know, um, echo or piggyback off that comment by saying you also, a, a player of his caliber, you know, we know Joe Thornton's chasing a Stanley Cup right now, right? And Hun- Henrik, when he knew his time in New York was over, he was a gentleman the whole time about it. And we yep. all love him for getting another contract um, with Washington, you know? And we want, we just want to see players like that um, either win because we we know they love, like we they deserve it, or or at least, you know, for for a backup um, prize, like let the guy retire on his own terms. And it's just kind of, as a guy who's very passionate and very competitive, um, it's hard to see him like have to step away and make the decision, you know. because it's medical because um yeah i i just i look at what he's getting done and there's um it for for you reddit fans out there there's a subreddit r hockey and a post by user corgius c-o-r-g-e-o-u-s and it's called what happened to the king my explanation of lundquist heart condition and it's a very in-depth situation of what kind of procedure he's going to get and Every not everyone, but the vast majority agree. Like this, this is the kind of procedure that ends. Uh, it, you can't play afterwards, so um, it looks like he's done, which is tough. That's to, sad. Tough to see, just because we all love him. Sounds like so. Yeah. yeah, and and that's the thing is like I was, you know, I was I, I was really bummed about how you know his last year in New York went, and I think. A lot of people can also say that, but then he goes and gets this contract, you know, with uh, uh, the Capitals, who is normally a, uh, a Stanley Cup contender, or at least you know makes it uh, makes it at least second second round into the playoffs most of the time. So you know, you you go you go and see him get this contract, and you you get kind of excited for him. You're like. Yeah, maybe this could be his uh, last hurrah. You know, the the Kings exit out of the uh, NHL, and then this kind of turns around, and it's just like, you know, it really does. Uh, it really does kind of pull on your heartstrings. Uh, no pun intended. That uh, he's got to go out like this, and I honestly, I, I really do wish him the best, and because this the surgery that he is preparing for is not. Um, not, you know, it's not a run of the mill kind of thing, man. It's going to be pretty, pretty intense. So you go from being really excited for the guy to just, you know, being super worried for him. So it's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible the way, the way it's got to end like that. Yeah. Cause you always hope like for those type of players, they're guys that, uh, you know, uh, that they kind of go out like Ray Boric or Mark Recchi, where they get to win one last cup before they basically retire, you know. But fortunately, a medical condition's cut that short, so. 
It is, and it's sad. It's something out of his control and something he didn't think that would ever really happen to him. And so it's just really unfortunate to see someone like him be in that position. Yeah, so I got to say, uh, Hank, we uh, we support you and we're, we're thinking of you. And hopefully everything goes well, eh? Oh, yeah. For sure. So moving on, obviously, big news. I mean, from the WJCs and and for the Blackhawks, Kirby Doc won't probably won't even be playing this year. And another blow to the Blackhawks is Jonathan Taves is out with an unknown uh, physical uh, uh, condition as well. What do you guys see? What What do you guys think about this? I mean, Jonathan Taves, that's huge. Uh, what uh, and then you lose a guy that could have potentially taken his spot. In that lineup, I mean, that's ba- that's some. This is like bad news street for uh, Blackhawks. I mean, what do you guys, what do you guys think they'll do? Do you think they'll try to look for somebody through trade or what's happening here? Um. Well, I know that Jonathan Tace has said that he's he has come out here recently said that he's only possibly going to miss the first part of the season. So, we'll see if that comes to fruition or if he's out for the whole season, depending on what this issue is. Um, but I would definitely try to shop around uh, maybe the free agent market and see if you can get like a rent a player for, you know, a year, kind of like one of those Taylor halls that you don't have to pay as much or th- even close to that. Right. Um, but yeah, um, you'd have to get a couple of them. You'd have to get a young gun and maybe a somewhat seasoned veteran. But, I mean, that's going to be kind of hard to find at this point because, you know, your AHL is barely going to get booted up in February. So do you, can they draft or can they get guys from the farm teams and stuff as well? That's another big question too, Beeksy. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Uh, whatever they do, they really need to do it soon because, I mean, we've got a shortened season. So you can't just yeah. sit on this for a little bit. I mean, as soon no, as No, they got to shit or get season. off the pot, dude. <laughs> yeah, to me, they have no other choice. They have to kind of see what, see what else is out there. It's not like they can trade him. He's not even playing at all right now. So No, and they you can't even gauge the situation either, Bryce. Cause no, no. Oh, yeah. Once again, yeah. it's a sort, it's a, it's a sort and shortened season. So you can't hedge your bet at all with this. You need a nope. player that's here and now for both of them. That is almost not exactly that type of player, but they are able to do certain aspects of their position. Well, yeah, Cause you're, up, never, cause... you're never going to find another Jonathan Taze. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Let's be real. Oh no, I wasn't saying that, but I'm just saying even if the never was to happen, you know, he's just not even playing. There's nothing you can do besides look elsewhere and see what else you can do to replace him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they yeah. better do it quick though. Yeah, it's coming up here here, here soon. Well, I, and and the another unfortunate thing is that they were in the playoffs, so they 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 have to wait uh, a little bit longer for to start training camp. So it's going to be interesting, and uh, um, so let's go. Let's move on to another team that's uh, actually going to be playing without. It's the Boston Bruins. Uh, Zdeno Chara signs in Washington. Uh, surprising! I was, I was, I was absolutely blown away with this one. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, and always... it sounds like it was um, the Bruins' decision that they walked away from mm-hmm. the option to pick him up because he wanted to come back from what it sounded like um, in his statement. So that's not going to bode well. I mean, no one likes to make those decisions, but it's, it's, it's odd. You know, I, I really did not expect him to go anywhere other than Boston. And no. so it's just going to, it's going to be weird. It's like how you just, I don't know. It's just going to be weird. I, I wish him all the best. I just think it's strange that it even happened. Like, and I don't think anyone saw this happening. Everyone thought he'd be on the Bruins next year. Yeah, I figured he'd finish off the season, like the rest rest of his whole entire career with the Bruins, as you kind of 
getting at too, Dano. I can kind of hear that as well. But yeah, I was just surprised. But I mean, he went to a decent team. It wasn't like he went to you know a up and coming team. He didn't go back to Ottawa, which he was drafted. By, but yeah, or no, it was which Dylan. is also one of those two. He definitely could have, which would have been kind of yeah. But all right, so he was the longest tenured captain in the NHL. Uh, does anybody want to venture to guess who now is the longest tenured captain? Sidney Crosby. Oh, very nice. Very nice, Bryce. Very nice, Bryce. Uh, so uh, I got to ask you, um, this is probably the easiest question to answer tonight. Um, who's going to be the Boston Bruins captain now that Char has gone? I'm, I'm – I'm going to say Patrice Bergeron, hands down. Uh, hands I'm down. going with a Patrice Bergeron easily, yeah. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron, for sure. I think uh, Todd Marchand will get a permanent uh, assistant captain. Eh. Uh, I would just love to see your dad's reaction if uh, Marchand did get the captain see their beaks, because he might just completely lose it. Another thing I wanted to just bring up too is I feel like the capital just got so much older. Are they a hockey team or are they a nursing home? As far as well, yes and no. Look at Ovechkin. You have you have Chara now. I mean, everyone's getting kind of old in that team. It seems like you got a bunch of aging guys. I mean, I just look at Char and I go, maybe Boston, let him go. He doesn't have enough tread in the tire. He thinks he does have enough tread in the tire. But I look at it now, like, I don't think he's going to be seeing the same time of ice time the Capitals he saw Boston Bruins. He's not going to be that 25-minute, 20 20-minute 20 guy in the ice. He might be, like, it may be 10 to 12 minutes, if that. Maybe a power play guy or ending a period type of dude. Um it was how long was it for? It was only like a couple of years, wasn't it? At least a year. It was only for a year. Yeah, so I mean, it kind of is. It's a contract to really prove himself. I feel like in 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 Washington, can you still play? I I also think that because um, I'm reading an article too that's talking about um, how Chara was told very upfront by the Bruins and GM. Don Sweeney, just what his role would be like in the upcoming season. And because I was kind of like, I hope the Bruins didn't disrespect him. I wanted to see if there was more to it. And he said he would be involved at the organization, but there was no guarantee he was going to be playing back-to-back games. And um, it was obvious he wasn't going to be in the starting lineup. So it very much seemed like uh, he was going to have a very diminished role. And so to me, he had to like weigh the option of playing for the Bruins again for one more year with um, whether or not uh, like he would um, be able to have more ice time somewhere else. So as a competitor, as he is, I think that might've had something to, big to do with the decision. It sounds like there was a lot of respect on both sides there. So, you know, kudos for Char for being the competitor he is and wanting to chase more ice time and, and have more fun playing the game, sounds like. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too, is I, I think actually in Washington he'll get more of a role than what, just like uh, Dan said, that uh, where he's going to, what he's going to get in Boston. I mean, you, you look at it, you've got Chara and Nick Dowd on a line. That's a heavy line, you know. I mean, and that's the thing with Chara. He is a good minute eater. So I guess we'll see what happens with uh, uh, this year in all of our aspects. I mean, with uh, the players coming from WJCs, you know, the uh, the outdoor games, Zidane Chung in a Washington Capitals uniform, which is going to be crazy. But uh, I think we can call this for an episode, boys. So, uh, Daniel, want to kick off the shout-outs for us, bud? Sure. I just want to say I know it's a week into the new year, but it's our first chance to wish all of our listeners a happy new year. So shout out to all of you guys. And also for those that signed up for our fantasy hockey leagues, we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to the year ahead. Uh, And I just want to say uh, happy new year to you guys. And it's good to be back on and um, shout out to Ross. Uh, We hope you're going to be doing well in the days ahead and, um, 
shout out to my dog nation, my beer nation, and uh, happy 2021, everyone. Bryce? Uh, yeah, shout out to all the fans, my beer nation. Um, definitely to Ross. Uh, good luck this week and everything you hear back. Um, and of course, oh, yeah. uh, my dog nation. Um, and again, uh, my fam- friends and family. Oh, yeah. Um, and I guess I will tee the next one off. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners and thank you guys. Um, yeah, I'm just awaiting my results on a test. So hopefully we get good news back. Um, that's always the the thing. But um, yeah, uh, my beer nation, dog nation, uh, appreciate the fans and friends and family for all the support and definitely you guys for the shout outs. Uh, and your guys' thoughts and everything through this. So, uh, Nice, Ross. Uh, yeah, um, I just want to give you a shout-out. Hopefully everything goes well in the coming days. Uh, shout-out to the listeners, all our friends and family, and uh, hopefully 2021's a better year than this past shit show. So uh, cheers to 2021, and cheers to you boys, and so, without further ado, be harsh. Aviento. Avidazen. Salut. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Try the damn thing, see what happens.